This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. What is going on, y'all? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. we got some exciting news for you. Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, has now given us a Headlock Talk promo code. Woo. Go to naturallyhemp's.com, use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And, by the way, it does not expire. Yes, this is true, Steven. I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for sleep aid, for muscle pain, and for post-workout recovery. And might I also mention, the lotions are great on your skin and they smell fantastic. Oh yeah, it's all really good stuff, but we also have some more for you. NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, if you are a vapor and you are in need of e-liquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Yes, they have a fine variety of uh, candy flavors, tobacco flavors, menthol flavors, and fruit flavors. So I'm a very big fan of that too. Oh yeah, all really good stuff. And again, code HLT10 at checkout at all of these websites gets you 10% off your order. Now on with the show. On this week's Rogue and Ranger Gamecast, I'm without my Rogue. That's right, there's no Steven. However, I am joined by a very special guest, Omega Luke from the Omega Luke Gaming Channel on YouTube to discuss Football Manager, the beautiful game, as well as some pro wrestling training. So check it out. Hello and welcome everybody back to the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast. Oh snap! Oh snap indeed. Uh, I'm, I'm all alone. Uh, here once again, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt, the the Ranger. Um, no Stephen here with me uh, this week, but um, I, I'm not really all alone here. You see, I've brought on a special guest here today uh, to really kind of teach me something about uh, 
you know, a, a game that I really know nothing about, but I, I've always heard great things. Uh, I'm bringing on a great friend of mine, uh, Omega Luke from Omega Luke Gaming. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me on. Am I taking the uh, the guest host spot today? Yes, and, and I appreciate you doing so, sir. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you're going to teach me all sorts of stuff here, man, because as big of a fan as I am of um, just uh, gaming and also, obviously, uh, you know, football in general, uh, football as, as it's known throughout the rest of the world, uh, you know, I, I know nothing about the um, football manager game. Um, and so I, I really want your help in, in helping me understand uh, how this game works and, and the success that you've had because you've been you've been having great success doing your video game channel since uh, uh, Brainbuster Radio came to an end. And so I think we're just going to talk all about it. Um, so uh, for all the people out there who uh, are, are new to you, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, Luke. So yeah, uh, like we mentioned there, Brainbuster Radio, we were both part of that uh, very really talented group of people that we had um mm. on the uh, the wrestling community kind of podcast world that we had um obviously when that fell down i'd already started my gaming channel at that point but it was only about three months old i think it was and i just picked up uh, a job with fm scout who was sort of like a big website slash youtube channel um and i was doing my own channel and their channel at the same time making uh, videos for a football manager so i was doing like my own series on my own channel really just as a bit of fun to be honest mainly because i started doing wrestling youtube mm-hmm. uh, and then i realized how i can edit and I've, i was like not bad at it i always i i, I sort of kicked myself because like years and years ago i thought i'd love to do my own football manager youtube channel but i always thought it would be too difficult to edit and stuff like that I, i'm a bit of a, a dud when it comes to new technology i struggle to 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 not pick it up I'm, I'm fast picking it up i've just i lack the uh enthusiasm to to learn it in the first place mm. um and i think i just never really thought i i'd know how to do it and now that i've realized how simple it actually is i've kind of kicked myself that i didn't do this uh, a long time ago but yeah i i i've dove into the world of a football manager because i wanted to do a gaming channel in general uh football manager is a game that i've played for years since it was championship manager back in like 0102 mm-hmm. um so it's been around for a while and it's been around in my life for a long time it's probably the game i've played the most in my lifetime across all the iterations of the game uh and yeah like you said i've i've, I've found a little bit of a success with it so i've 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 gone down a bit of a corridor with it to begin with, and now I'm trying to peel myself away and say, like, no, I want to play other games as well on my channel, uh, which I've picked up Wreckfest, which is a, a kind of a fun game mm-hmm. to sort of introduce other, introduce my my viewers into other games, uh, for instance. But to little success yet, but I, I never quit with with things like that. I want to play that game as well as Football Manager and maybe introduce a few more. So uh, I'm not done with other games yet, for sure. Well, that that's awesome, man, and I I can definitely understand and relate <laughs> to to what you're saying because when it comes to like, because uh, I'm trying to learn uh, about the the streaming side of of things as well here. I mean, we've been pretty much fundamentally just a podcast. I shouldn't say just a podcast, uh, but we've been fundamentally you know going just pure audio direction for a long, long time. And it's like, okay, well, I kind of want to do a little bit of streaming, but I I literally know nothing for the how to on 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 getting that end of things taken care of and that's maybe where i lean on on steven a little bit more for things like that um but um so 
I've played FIFA probably for the last, oh, probably almost 15 years, right? I'm sure you're you're yeah. familiar with FIFA, and uh, obviously there's Pro Evolution Soccer out there as well. Um, so w- talk to me about Football Manager, and, and for, for the layman like me, <laughs> what what's different about Football Manager compared to games like FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer? So there's obviously on, on FIFA, you control the players yourself. The main difference is on Football Manager, you don't control the players. You you are basically, as it says on the tin, a manager of those players. So you take the role of uh, an, an actual football manager and you can you can give yourself the response as many or as little responsibilities as you possibly like in oh. the game. So on FIFA, where you can buy the players and then you play with them. On Football Manager, you can buy the players or you can let a director of football buy the players for you if you just want to focus on picking the team or just focus on the tactics or if you want to let your assistant manager do the tactics. There's so many different things on Football Manager which you can do and you can make it as difficult a game as possible, which I basically do. I go into, because I've played it for so long now, it, like, it comes second nature, but mm-hmm. uh, there's so many different like responsibilities on the game which I take over myself now. And there's also some which throughout the years that I used to do myself and thought, there is no point me continuing doing that, so I let the assistant do it uh, instead. But that is basically the fundamentals of football manager compared to FIFA you don't control the players you you see the players and they have like a lot of attributes there's a lot of like data uh, mm. you don't necessarily see things happen you can watch the games in 3D it's not very good uh, match engine it's not very good graphics mm. or i prefer it in 2D because personally i can see the tactic it's on a bird's eye view i can see whether my tactics work and i can see whether players are out of position for instance uh, which is why i prefer it and not only that it's quite nostalgic because uh, it's been 2D for a very long time until the 3D match engine was introduced about seven or eight years ago, whatever it was. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've always been a 2D guy, um, whereas FIFA and Pro Evolution Soccer, every year the graphics get a little bit better and the faces look really good, whereas Football Manager, sometimes they don't even get the ethnicity right. So it's mm-hmm. not really something that's like worried about too much on the game. It's more about the in-depth, the data, the players, the attributes and training them and uh, and that kind of stuff, which I kind of prefer because when I play FIFA mm. by myself, I don't really do it anymore. I don't really play FIFA for the last couple of years. But mm-hmm. when I used to and I used to play like career mode, I'd be more interested in like building a really good youth player mm. uh, and making their rating higher rather than scoring and really fancy goals on, on the <laughs> actual game itself. So for me, Foot Manager is perfect for that because my main focus is buying youngsters and develop them into the, the best players in the world. Uh, and Foot Manager is pretty much letting you do that, whatever series you do, whatever save you do. Uh, and not to mention like the very different saves and challenges you can give yourself. It's just one of those games which you can throw yourself into and like the whole day passes. And that happens to me quite a lot now that I'm making content for it. Uh, like today, I planned on making a video. It's six hours late, and I didn't even got to the point where I was supposed to be making the video. So, um, <laughs> preseason took way too long for my series to uh, to even create a video for it. So, it's it's one of those games you can go in depth as you like, or you can leave it as simple as you like. There's even like an easy mode on that, not an easy mode, but like mm-hmm. a stripped back version of the game, um, which is kind of fun for beginners as well. I always recommend beginners to go do that. Um, but yes, it's a lot of fun, and we the like uh, we like the idea of uh, building like a, a a team from the lower depth of the leagues and bringing them all the way to the top. That kind of stuff. If you like things like that, 
foot manager is, is the way to go for, for doing stuff like that. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's probably one of the more unique concepts that, that FIFA probably brought in around maybe a handful of years ago where they they did allow you to um, essentially hire scouts and you could send the scout over to, you know, all sorts of different countries to, you know, recruit talent and you could build a, a youth academy for your uh, for your team. Um, yeah. Uh, but but it definitely doesn't sound anywhere near in-depth uh, as what... Um, that's what you would get with football manager. Now, now you did say there's a lot of different details that you can kind of go into and different avenues of to how complex or how simple that you want to make it. Uh, what are some of your favorite settings that you like to go into and, and, and be able to, to use and apply in the game? So it depends. I, I kind of vary as well between different series. So at the minute, I've got two series myself going on, one where I'm staying at the same team and one where I'm jumping across to different teams. Now, if I'm staying at the same team, I like to do everything. So I like to mm. hire my own staff. I, I like to set up my own training, uh, do my own schedule, tra- like training schedules and everything. Because at the end of the day, I, I want the in the long run, the players to be the best that they can potentially be as well as the here and now. Whereas the other series that I'm doing on Twitch, um, where I'm jumping around, I need like instant success and then I'll move on to the next club. I don't really care about the staff because I'm going to big teams who have decent staff or like decent training facilities. So I'll just let the assistant manager run all that uh, myself, uh, himself. And then I will just concentrate on buying the right players. I need to get instant success so mm-hmm. I can move on and move to the next club. So it does vary. Um, although I do really enjoy looking at the staff and getting involved with the staff. And then, cause there's like graphs which show you you're the best, you've got the best, like, coaching staff in the league and stuff like that it's always nice to be top of that um it's mm-hmm. very like geeky stuff like it's, it's 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 a lot more like geeky stuff than what you you well, i suppose it it does come across as geeky when you talk about football manager uh, <laughs> it's just a bunch of words and dots across the screen to be fair um but there's there's a lot of different things i mean the, the the best part about it is transfers and finding uh, like young players, like like on FIFA where you scout and you find like mm. the, the regenerated players, so the mm-hmm. like players who don't actually exist in real life that are generated on the game. That's my favorite part of the game. I like finding the regenerated players, um, or to be honest, I like finding the wonder kids, so like the 16, 17-year-olds who I know uh, turn into like really good players in the game. I do a lot of videos on player spotlights, which is like 16 to 21-year-olds finding like the most unique players from african nations which no one's ever heard of before and showing you how good they develop if you put them in a good team with good training facilities and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that that's my favorite things to do on on the game well and i definitely want to touch more on on that aspect of it like the, the scouting and the transfers because that's definitely a key part of uh whether you're talking about pro evolution soccer or fifa or if you're talking about football manager i mean tra- transfers in the world of soccer and we're we're about ready to hit the transfer season in real life here uh, very soon. So I think that's, um, you know, th- this is very important, obviously, a very important aspect of it. Um, but but talk to me about, I guess, the the teams here. Now, when you, when you pick up a, a game like FIFA, obviously there's a lot of licenses where, where teams can give you the, the license, their likeness, and, and this kind of thing here, right? Um, yeah. Just in this most recent iteration of FIFA, um, 
Juventus, um, you know, a preeminent team from from Italy, um, champions, uh, uncrowned champions so far this year, but but multi-time champions. Uh, they did not get the license, uh, or did they did not license or approve license for for this round of games? So they changed their name to I think is a. Piemonte uh, Calcio, I believe. That's right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it was kind of weird. You, you see, like, Ronaldo and all these people that are, like, uh, in this team, and it's completely different jersey design, you know, uh, different logo, all that kind of stuff. D- does 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 football manager give you the licensing to, like, if I wanted to pick it up and play as uh, my, my favorite team, Liverpool, if I wanted to pick up, you know, uh, uh, football manager and play as Liverpool, do I have that option, or do you, is, is it more of, like, a generic kind of game, like, like as generic teams? Or how, how does that typically work? So there's, it's a bit uh, hit and miss with the, the football manager. So there's certain mm-hmm. teams who have given their licenses to the game, Watford, who, the the owners the um not the owners of Watford but the owners of Foot Manager the creators of Foot Manager are big Watford fans they have always give their license to to use their badge their kits everything like that nice. uh, but the rest the rest of the Premier League hasn't um, and just this season Manchester United tried suing the game Foot Manager for using the word Man United in the game mm. uh, so we don't quite know how that's going to be next year but last year Zeb uh, at Juve are called Zebra on the game now. <laughs> because they also pulled the rights to have their name on the game just like they did on FIFA, which hmm. kind of ruins it. But at the same time, because Football Manager is a PC game, there is literally a file on the folders in Football Manager. If you go on there and you delete that file, it will come up saying Juventus after. So there's no really big deal. And it will hmm. probably be exactly the same uh, on if Manchester United changed their name to whatever, like, like what Pez Pro Evolution Soccer used to be, used to be like Man Red or Manchester Red or something like that mm-hmm. back in the day. They'll probably do something like that. There'll be more than likely a folder which you go in, you'll delete a file, and it'll just say Manchester United. So it's pretty easy to do, but the best thing about the Football Manager game is obviously when it's like FIFA and stuff and it's on console, you can't download many things onto it. Uh, Football Manager, there's ways that you can download the badges, you can create your own kits and put it on there, or download actual kits, you can download face packs. There's so many things that you can do to make the game more aesthetically pleasing, more realistic. Uh, there's even like a mode where you can download different skins, so the actual game face, the interface looks different. Mm. I'm using a skin which... Every time I upload a video, someone asks me what the skin's called because it's really nice to look at. It's <laughs> athet- it's aesthetically pleasing. Uh, and you can even download like all the stadiums across the world and they'll be included on that page. When you click on a club, it will show you the stadium. Uh, so there's so many different things that you can do to make the game more realistic and stuff. So if you wanted to play as Liverpool... Uh, you can load, and it will say Liverpool FC, but it will have like a generic red and uh, black badge, I think it is. And you just have to download uh, like a badge kit, for instance. But all the players okay. are exactly the same name and everything like that. All the managers are all, all correct, and even the staff members are all, all correct. So it's just like the, the graphic side of it, really. But you can you can download all that, really. It's good. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, that that definitely makes uh, makes it to where obviously it does have uh, you know obviously like you said the same players, which I think that that, that gives a certain um, relatability to you know if if you're a fan you're wanting to play that, um, and obviously if you, if it's just as easy as going and downloading a badge kit, then I think that that's perfectly fine, right? Yeah. Um, you know uh, that that's definitely good. That's definitely good stuff for sure, man. Um, so when when you've been playing. 
talk to me, I guess, about um, you know, kind of uh, where you've taken things as far as your your content creation and what kind of challenges have come up, I, I guess, as a result of that. Yeah. So when I was doing the FM Scout stuff, it was a lot of like educational stuff. So there's no actual like playing a series or anything like that. It's more um how to do stuff or the players that are good wonder kids everything that people are interested in more educational purposes on like training and tactics and stuff like that so i've done a lot of videos for that recently uh, across the last year and uh, i recently got sacked from them for one reason or another but mm. uh, I, I took what i enjoyed most about doing on fm scout and what people really enjoyed me doing on there and seemed to really hit off view wise and brought it onto my channel so player spotlight so i'd like i mentioned earlier i'd find a player who no one's really heard of and 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 spotlight them on a video so i enjoy i really enjoy doing those type of videos but uh i've done a couple of really good series on my channel so far this season so i did a, a conquering scandinavia so i stuck to the five countries who are known in football manager scandinavia in real life there's only two or three but in the game, the class is Scandinavia, so Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, and Iceland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to win the league in, in all five of those countries. That was such a fun series, and a lot of people enjoyed that. Uh, but then I did like a, a live stream series on YouTube, and that's kind of what people know me by now. And I called it the Youth to Gold. Uh, and it was basically like a method of how I played. And I remember back before uh, Foot Manager used to have YouTube videos, it must be about 2010 now, because I was 18. I used to read a lot of blogs about Football Manager and that was how if you wanted to talk about content or if you wanted to share what you were doing, blogs were like the best thing around. And there was a website I used to always go to and read people's blogs. And for the life of me, I don't remember what the guy was called because like I said, it was 10 years ago now. But some guy invented the youth to go system and basically you buy youth players. So 16 to 18 year old players from around the world for dirt cheap, like less than a million and then you develop them at your club and then you'd sell them when they get to about 25 and they're in their prime for the maximum amount of profit that you can possibly get. And that's why it's called the youth to gold. You, you buy them young, you sell them for money uh, and you eventually turn your club into a bit of a, of, a, of a massive bank balance, for instance, along with picking up a lot of success because the, the players that you're buying, if you scout them well and they develop uh, the way you want them to, you end up getting a bit of success from it as well. So I did a youth to gold series and on youtube uh with a club called strasbourg and people just lapped it up and mm-hmm. i think the best thing that i did with it was i did a a patreon and on the patreon i said like four dollar tier you can rename one of my players <laughs> so in the game you can be watching a player and because it was a regen player so it had a made-up name anyway i was happy to just name them after the people who were watching the people who were willing to sign up to the patreon so people were signed up to the patreon four dollars putting their name in the game and then they want to come back every single stream because they want to see if they score and then they were people putting in bets and they were saying things like if i score a hat trick and in this game i'll i'll up my pledge on patreon and it started like a bit of a competition it was going really well and such an enjoyable series and we ended that a couple of months ago and it's probably one of my favorite series of football manager i've ever played on any any sort of iteration of the game. And um, I think a lot of people agree. A lot of people still message me saying that they started on episode one or they've w- they're have they watching it back for again. So it's um, it's a series that I really hold close to me. And then after that stopped, I started a new World Rotterdamination series, which is uh, like a modded database. So it's kind of like mm. a World Super League. So the top 
league has like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man City, Man United, and it has just the best clubs in the world reputation wise in the top league and then second league is like the ones below that and the ones below that Mm. Uh, so I started in the sixth tier with Feyenoord um, and so far so good we've managed to get to the Super League the the top league and we're on our first season in there so that's become quite a nice fun series uh, on the on the channel as well that people seem to be really enjoying man yeah I mean that that sounds like a like a really like uh, pretty not just like not only fun but also probably pretty intense because you're having to, to put in a lot of work a lot of time and effort and going from from one league which is six rungs down to finally making it to the super league i mean it's yeah. probably a ton of time and a ton of effort um i guess what all goes into that for you as far as you know um putting together the right team and, and creating the, the proper balance are, are there um, is is it a particular tactic that you, that you implement, or or is there a um, like I guess how do you, how do you find best in, in getting your success when you're having to go through a challenge like that? Because that's a, that's like I said, a lot of time and a lot of effort going into going from uh, one level uh, to climbing all the way up to, to the super league. That's six rungs up. Uh, I, I mean, what what are some some tips or tricks that you've implemented to try and uh, not to try, but rather to to find your success, like you have with this pr- uh, project in particular? So I think the the way that I play the game is um, kind of similar in every series I do. I like to buy the youngsters. I very rarely buy someone who's over twenty five, mm. uh, mainly because they cost more and they I won't be able to get enough out of them compared to. I would as a 21 year old and and like I said earlier I like to see the the players develop in my team I like to uh help them become better and and then eventually sell them for more money um mm-hmm. so that's basically what I did with with Feyenoord there's a few really good players on the team already uh, I kept I kept hold of a few of them even though they were like 30 31 mm-hmm. just for the first couple of seasons why why I built the bank balance up and then I did exactly what I what I usually do. I started buying youngsters who I know turn out to be good in the game, and then I started saving my money and and looking for those really uh, cheap wonder kids and the really cheap uh, regens that come through the game, mm. um, and then hoping that they would turn into incredible players. And I've been quite lucky with that because we've had five successive promotions. We haven't won the league each time. I think we've only won the league twice out of the five, uh, but each time it's been a battle to get up there other than the last one, which was an absolute walk in the park. But I think by then <laughs> all the players that I bought in like season two or three had re- are starting to reach their prime now. So they are almost the best players in the world. So we kind of walked that second division because we had players who are ready to play in the super mm. league already. Uh, and the team have got used to the tactic. They are getting used to playing the method that I like to play, which is I've, I've kind of built a tactic around them uh, mm. and, Throughout my time of doing a lot of tactic testers through uh, FM Scout and on my own channel, I kind of know what works and what the match engine likes on this game and what helps in this match engine. So, um, that, because every year there's there's like different positions or different player roles which really suit the match engine. And this year I found a couple um, and through like I've got a few people in my Discord who are like tactical geniuses and they are unbelievable at just they'll create a tactic and it'll win the league with whatever team and it's just I don't understand how they do it um, but wow. I, I like take I like take bits from them and and uh, create my own stuff and occasionally it works and 
thankfully this this one has so far played out uh, quite nicely until I've recently got into the, the Super League and today I've actually been playing in the Super League and, and struggling so it's it's kind of new to me because I don't mm. I'm starting to lose against teams and I'm this is very new out of five years I've been winning most games so it's mm. I like it though it's, it's a big challenge as soon as you get because this league I think my first five games were like Barcelona, Manchester City, Lazio, and Juventus. So it was wow. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was really tough. But that's that's the best league in the world. So it's going to keep getting harder. And um, so that's the whole point of the series, I guess. It's going to be a lot of fun to try and win that league. When we're talking tactics, like is it is it formationally like when you're talking about tactics in the realm with like a, with, with your discord server and and you know in, in terms of the game itself are we talking about like formational tactics are we talking about um uh, more of a uh, are you implementing more of a possession based approach to the game or or maybe uh, more of a counter pressing approach um i i guess what what is it that you do tactically speaking you don't have to give away all of your tricks of course but like um what do you what are some things that you like to implement um to to make sure that when you do have these younger players that they're able to play up to that level as you're progressing through the game which helps you find this success so i think for the last couple of i'd say about three or four years now the game has had one big flaw and that is there is one tactical method which works more than others. Mm. Uh, and it's called it's called Gagan Press, which basically mm. is how Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool play. They attack. Whoever's got the ball, they send two people attacking them to try and tackle them as high at the pitch as possible so that they win the ball higher at the pitch, which means they're closer to the goal to actually get an attempt on goal. Um, whereas like in real life, yes, that has worked for Liverpool this season but you can get success in other methods you can get mm. success from possession-based tactics like a tiki taka kind of like what guardiola had at barcelona mm-hmm. uh, and sort of what he's implemented at manchester city a very po- possession-based team and they'll eventually just break you down and obviously a couple of years ago we had leicester city who were just soaking up pressure and counter-attack and then that would win games and obviously won them the premier league shockingly so in real life, there's a lot more varied approaches and whatever works for that team. Whereas in Football Manager, Gagan Press is sort of like the be-all and end-all and it's very difficult to create a tactic which works that isn't Gagan Press. Mm. Uh, I've done a few tactic testers where it hasn't been and with some success, but it's very little. Um, I'd say 9 out of 10 tactics that are good are Gagan Press. So it's, it, and you, you'd... If you had one of the other ones, you would not get anywhere near the top unless you had a an ultra uh, like an elite side. So the tactic that I've been using the most really is Gagan Press. But the formation side of things, you can have a play around with that, and the game will allow you to be successful or be really bad in <laughs> different sort of formations. It really depends on the team that you have, whether they suit the player roles that you're giving them. Because no matter, you could put someone on the left wing, but you could have a completely different player role. They might play as an inside forward, kind of like what a Mo Salah is, mm. or they could play as like a direct winger, like a David Beckham. Um, mm. So that kind of depends on the players that you have. Uh, but that's it's it's kind of that's the best part about it. I think is building your tactic around the players, seeing what works mm. and. I think like my one of my last videos I did, why I was I was struggling to find goals outside of my two strikers. Like my strikers were scoring, but the rest of the team wasn't. 
and I change one of the player roles simply just to a Mazala on attack. And the Mazala on attack, I heard someone say on my stream once, has scored a lot of goals. So I thought, oh, I'll change it to Mazala on attack. And then all of a sudden, like the guy who I put in that position was just scoring so many goals. I was just like, surely this isn't correct. So <laughs> I did like a bit of a test with it and it happened more and more. And then I had another player in centre midfield who wasn't Mazala on attack. And I thought, what happens if I put two Mazalas on attack? Would that sort of be a bit game breaking? And I did. And they're both scoring goals. So I'm kind of like, right, so that that definitely works now. And as soon as I highlight that on the video, the, the, the comments on the video is constantly, where can I download this tactic? Can you make this tactic available to download? Because mm. then people are like, oh, crap, it's working. Uh, and they want to they wanna use it. They want to test it themselves. So... I think that's the beauty about Football Manager because you're not playing online. It's it's a very much a one-player game. You can play games online. You can play uh, against your friend or you can play against random people, but it's very rare that people tend to do that because it's such a, a game you have to put a lot of time into and it's just difficult. Um, so a lot of the time you're just playing against a computer. So people are very happy to share their tactics, uh, share exploits or like things that they will manipulate the, the match engine and work in your favor. That gets shared quite a lot in this in the foot manager community. So as soon as someone finds a tactic which gets some sort of success, everyone wants it. So that's mm. kind of a, a thing that is is quite good about foot manager, I suppose, because there's a one of the guys who created a tactic in my Discord who I consider a tactical genius. He's probably created the best tactic on football manager. Um, and I've done so many tests of it and I cannot find a team which do, it doesn't work with. It just scores so many goals, and you'd never think it would be it would work either. It's hmm. it's a ridiculous formation, but it just works. So it's 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 kind of one of those things. It's just something that has manipulated the the match engine and just works in its favor, and it's it's just beast against everything. Well, man, I, I'm gonna have to to get more into this here for sure because I, I I'm right as as you're talking to me about this, I'm looking on ways to to download and play the game and 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 try and figure things out here. Um, have you ever come across maybe a challenge or um uh or maybe set up a, a, a I guess a, a career mode for yourself that, that you've actually been surprised by you know where you didn't expect to find. You know the the you know maybe some some success with a typical with a with a team or a tactic that you've implemented, um and and you've come away, you know, uh, you know actually surprised by the re- result and being happier than what you thought you would be going into it. Yeah, so because I do the player spotlights, what I basically mm-hmm. do on that is I I kind of I don't actually play it, but I holiday it for like a season by season. Uh, but you can set the settings so it uses your tactic and uses your team lineup when possible. Um, and that's basically how I show the players progressing season by season. I don't play it because else it would just take way too long. Because mm. um, I think really playing a season will take you about a week to do. So, And that's if you play it like three or four hours a day. So to there's a, like a holiday mode on there. And it, with my computer, it would take roughly about half an hour to 40, 40 minutes to holiday a full season so that's the best way of doing it but the Bournemouth in the Premier League they got relegated well they're about to get relegated this year mm-hmm. <laughs> they are unbelievable on this game like really underrated on this game they've got Callum Wilson who doesn't score goals very much in real life but on the game you can't stop him from scoring and if you play um, the tactic I was referring to just a minute ago which I did uh, trying to spotlight a defender I think I won the Europa League with Bournemouth and I was in the Champions League like three or four times. 
around about the round about the top with Bournemouth. I think I finished second twice with them, and that's just holiday. And I wasn't playing and picking the sides myself. I was just holidaying with a tactic with Bournemouth, and they were just absolutely dominating teams. And I think they beat but they beat Barcelona three nil once in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And <laughs> when I seen that result back, I was like, "That's Bournemouth doing that. That's ridiculous." <laughs> like Mess- Lionel Messi could not score against Bournemouth. What is happening? Um, <laughs> So I think that's probably one of the most surprising things. But I think back in the past, I've I've had like a lot of fun with different challenges. And I thought I'd never be able to do a challenge myself, which is the Pentagon Challenge. Uh, and it's kind of a challenge that football manager fans talk about. And a lot of content creators attempt it and fail it all the time. And I actually completed one in FM 15, I think it was. And you basically have to win the Champions League in every single available content continent on the game. So there's five, yeah, five different Champions Leagues. Um, That is so difficult. Uh, I think it took me 19 or 20 seasons to do eventually. Um, But it's it it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of work. And the challenges you set Mm -hmm. is you start off unemployed as well, so you have to find a job. Uh, So you start off with like the lower league somewhere, and you have to build your way up into a a fairly decent side and a in in one continent, win the Champions League there, skip to another continent mm. and try and, and keep going at that. And that is a lot of fun to do, but it takes a long time. Uh, and I was I was very surprised with when I actually managed to do it myself. But that was way before I started making content. Man, that that's <laughs> that sounds pretty impressive, man. Especially if yeah. you're starting out like not not at a a a, a what would what people would consider a top club if you're have if you're having to work through the lower leagues and then get to a top club and then you know just start your reputation from there uh, and having to do all five continents i mean that's that's amazing really um, yeah especially- i think the, the hardest thing about it as well is in one of the continents there's only one league available to play so africa you can mm. only play south africa unless you download uh different databases mm. so to win the African Champions League, you have to be in South Africa, but they have the worst teams compared to the teams that always are in the competition. So there's always teams from Egypt who have a lot of money, have a lot of better players, and it's really difficult to win. Not to mention if you go to Asia, there's so there's so many different rules and stuff that you have to uh, to face. And if you go to like, the Chinese League where there's loads of money, you have to field a Chinese keeper because of the rules. So... Mm. To win the Champions League, you have to do it with a Chinese goalkeeper. And let me tell you something, there is no decent Chinese goalkeepers on the game. <laughs> they are all dreadful. So it's there's a lot of challenges that come within that one challenge. Man, yeah. I mean, that that sounds pretty intense for sure. Like, is there is there a team like when when you're when you're playing leisurely, for example? Like, I mean, obviously you can go through different ch- challenges like this that are that are like within the football manager community. But when you're when you're wanting to just play um, for for yourself, is there a team that you always feel like you're coming back to playing? Like, is 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 there like a default team that you choose and and that you feel comfortable with playing if you want to implement something? Uh, so going, I think what I've really tried to do in the past is try to avoid that exact situation mm. because the game kind of changes here and there every season other than the transfers, but the fundamentals of the game is always still uh, very similar. So I always try and give myself, every time the, the game comes out each year, I'll play with a different team. Whether it, And to be fair, I, I very rarely start in the Premier League as well. I can't remember the last time I did a save in the Premier League because one, I don't like the rules of it. And two, I've done it to death when I was younger. So mm. I, I try and stay away from it. So 
every time I start a new career, I try and give myself a new team because then it makes it more fun. Um, and the, I think the best thing about Football Manager is, and if you ask anyone who plays Football Manager, they'll tell you exactly the same thing. Ask them other teams that they support other than the team that they support in real life because of Football Manager, and they will reel off two or three other teams that they support in real life just because they've done a saver for them in Football Manager. <laughs> it is ridiculous. I own shirts, scarves of teams for no other reason than that I've managed them in Football Manager because you become attached to them. Um, and like I, I'm playing with Feyenoord right now. One of my viewers bought me a Feyenoord shirt. They don't support Feyenoord. They're from England as well, but because they enjoyed the series so much, they bought me a Feyenoord shirt. It's it's very bizarre. Uh, That's so I have awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, don't get me wrong. So there's like teams in different countries that I support just because of a, of an old football manager save. So I think as much as um, there are certain teams which I've managed more than once, there's hard. There's never really a team that I think I'll always go back to them. Uh, because I like to set myself a new challenge. I like to fall in love with a new club, I guess. So let, let's kind of blend uh, the, the game with reality a little bit here. Um, so, so based on you playing the game, you've you've found some fandom actually in Feyenoord themselves, which is a very good team. What, yeah. what, are, what are some other teams that you've fallen in love with because of the game? Uh, so Eintracht Frankfurt is probably my biggest team outside of my actual real life team was of Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Eintracht Frankfurt, I did a save of them last year. Absolutely love them. I always follow them. Strasbourg, the one that I did the um, the live series with in the French League. Um, I'm a big AC Milan fan because mm. I did I, I used AC Milan before. To be fair, AC Milan, I've used them a few times. So that could be one that I always kind of go back to. I did a, a beta series with them this year. I just did two seasons with them. But uh, when I was growing up, I used to love Kaka. Mm-hmm. When he was at AC Milan, about 2006 to 2008, absolutely loved AC Milan. So that's kind of like my Italian team. Um, I always like Benfica. Um, Flamengo in the Brazilian league is a team that I always tend to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to get weird now. South uh, South Africa, uh, Super Sport United. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, in New Zealand, there's a team called, what? it's, it's either Watanaga or something like that. That's the team that I always like to go. But that's what I mean. It, it, it's so random because, oh, and uh, MLS, I like Colorado Rapids because uh-huh. I won the Champions League, North American Champions League with them. Mm. So it, it's just so many different countries that I have a favorite team in because of football manager. And I think that's what makes it great. No, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, man. Uh, so. So talk to me, I guess, your thoughts on 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 real um, on on the real life game here, the the beautiful game of, of football, because uh, seasons uh, across Europe are, are starting to come to an end. Obviously, um, you know, as as we discussed earlier, Liverpool were crowned champions um, earlier this week, uh, which which was awesome. Um, in fact, uh, I got a nice little uh, email from the Premier League uh, saying to take my video down off of Twitter because I, <laughs> I put up a, a post of the video of them lifting the trophy. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. They, they gave me a little cease and desist, but what? Well, that's that's fine. Whatever. They can do what they want. Um, but like, so so Liverpool's champions uh, now in England. Obviously, with you being a Manchester United fan, you guys have put together a pretty strong team now, uh, and, and you're 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 getting a lot better than where it was in I think in years back uh, after Sir Alex Ferguson left. 
Um, talk to me, I guess, maybe where you would like to see or, or where, where you envision uh, perhaps Manchester United going uh, further in the future here. At You know, uh, you think they're ready to compete for the Premier League with some of the pieces that they've brought in? Do you, do you feel like there's other transfers coming in as well uh, over the course of the summer? I think they need to. If they want to be title contenders, they need to spend a little bit more money. They need they, I, you know, we got Harry Maguire. We spent eighty million on him, and our defense is just as bad as what it was last season. Um, yes, we've got Bruno Fernandez, who has been fantastic, but we also lost Lukaku last year and Alexis Sanchez, who was considered to be an attacking threat, uh, and we never actually replaced anyone up front so really we haven't really got uh, an out and out striker the three players that we are playing up there like to play more on the wings so we don't mm. really have an out and out striker we've got Odin Nagalo but we're not giving him a chance every time he starts he scores but we're still not <laughs> actually starting him so I don't really see the point in keeping him there um, I think we would need a big time striker to be the focal point of our attack like what Zlatan was we lost Zlatan we never mm. replaced Zlatan or Lukaku so that's kind of, uh, I think, one of our downsides. Um, and I just think Liverpool are just a step ahead of everyone, especially this season, step ahead of everyone. It just goes to show because of how much they dominated the league. Even Man City weren't even close. Uh, and Man City had what I consider to be the best manager in the world managing them. So I think for Manchester United to do it, they would need to either play out of their skins and play better than what they have ever done, kind of like what Leicester did or kind of like what the last season of Fergie did when they won the league with potentially the worst ever team um, <laughs> that Man United has fielded. That was the dreadful side and they somehow managed to win the league. I think Danny Welbeck was our top goal scorer or something. It was it was ridiculous. But Was that the year that they, they had brought in uh, Robin Van Persie? I think that, that maybe was, I think it was his first season and Ferguson's last season, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they, they brought him in and we had like Danny Welbeck, one mm. side of it, um, and it was dreadful, really. The side that we actually had, I think Van Persie and Rooney were the only two actual decent players, but mm. I think Rooney had an off season somehow. Robin Van Persie pretty much carried us there. It's the best 20 million anyone's ever spent. Um, <laughs> so I think to get into that position, we need to potentially sign a better centre back, a better striker, and maybe a better defensive midfielder because Nemanja Matic. I mean, you guys have got Fabinho. Mm. Fabinho was linked to Manchester United two years ago, and I was like, yes, get him, because he's so good. And we bowled it, and now he's turned out to be one of the best players in the Premier League. And someone, it really bothers me, because no one talks about how good he is. It, all the mm. products go to, to Henderson. And I'm like, that Henderson would, would nowhere near be playing as well as he is if he didn't have Fabinho behind him. Fabinho has been absolutely outstanding for you this season. Um, and I think people don't realise how good he actually is. Mm -hmm. If Manchester United had a player like that, it would be unbelievable for our team because that's where we kind of lack goals. So, yeah, it's been tough for us watching you guys lift and, and dominate the league and obviously lift all these trophies. But mm -hmm. uh, I, what I kind of think is if I was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think back to like... Think about the last time Liverpool won the league before this. Imagine telling that team in there, that's all well and good, congratulations, but you're now going to go 30 years without winning another league title. Yeah. <laughs> that would be baffling, wouldn't it? That would be absolutely outrageous. Maybe if you told Leicester that, they would be like, yeah, understandably. But imagine <laughs> telling Liverpool in 1991, whenever it was, 
Um, you're never gonna, you're not gonna win the league now for another thirty years. You just, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have believed it. And mm. I think back to when Fergie won the Premier League with us and then retired. Imagine telling that Manchester United team you're gonna go ten years without winning the Premier League again. They wouldn't have believed it either. Mm. But we are eight years gone and we are nowhere close. And it doesn't look like in the next two years we're gonna win a league. So if I was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I would be putting pictures of Jordan Henderson with that Premier League trophy up in the changing room and going, look, boys, look who is holding the Premier League title right now. Does that does that annoy you? Because uh, it annoys me. So if, if you want to stop that from happening, you better go out there and play out your skin. I think uh, I don't think Solskjaer's got that type of person in him. He's, he's not really like that. I think he's too friendly. Yeah, he, he always comes across as a very friendly guy to me whenever I've seen him. Um, yeah. that, him him and, and Klopp both are really actually quite positive people, um, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, but don't you think you could see it? You, you always see a lot of passion in Klopp, don't you? Like he's running down the oh, touchline. Yeah, <laughs> he's such a very good motivator. Like I reckon he could make me into a Premier League player, and I am dreadful. <laughs> but because of how good a motivator he is, he would mm. make you believe that you are the best player in the world. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I'd, I'd look at him and go, Nah. <laughs> if you're gonna you're gonna go out there and score a hat trick for me today, Luke, I'd be like, Yeah, all right, mate. Of course I am. I just he just doesn't come across as that type of motivator. And I remember when Klopp first went to Liverpool, we signed Mourinho, uh, we signed sorry Louis Van Gaal the season before yes. as our manager. I wanted Klopp because I was a big Dortmund fan at the time. Mm. Uh, we're under Klopp, and I thought Klopp would be perfect for Manchester United. And then uh, we took on Louis Van Gaal, who was the most boring manager we've ever had. <laughs> so it, it it worked the complete opposite. And um, yeah, we the, obviously the rest is history. You guys are reaping the rewards in for making the best decision. Well, I, but I think it's it's been a long time coming too, right? Like, um, and and we're, we don't have to make this all about Liverpool. I I, I actually would prefer not to make it all about Liverpool. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I mean, you you look you go over the list of the players, the kind of players who have played for Liverpool and didn't win. The Premier League, right? You know, oh, your, your, your Steven Gerrards, your uh, uh, your Xabi Alonso's, your Fernando Torres's. You know, I mean, there's there's quite a long list of very good players who played for Liverpool and didn't lift that trophy. Um, yeah, and I, I do think this is probably, um, and not to be hyperbolic, but this is probably my favorite Liverpool that I've te- that I've seen play. Uh, over the course of, of that stretch, right? Um, I started yeah. watching them. I started watching Liverpool probably 2003, 2004, so right in the middle of the, the Gerard Golden years. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this is probably the best team that I've seen Liverpool produce since then. Uh, which yeah, is, and that's saying something yeah. because, you know, the Champions League win of 2005, that, is, that was some team. That was an unbelievable side. It, it is. And, and I think that, I, I think what, what makes this team better. Is if you compare um, the managers, I, I think Klopp is clearly a better tactical manager and somebody who is more fluid, perhaps, um, and, and somebody who's more willing to take uh, his chances and, and also bring up the players. Right? He 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 wants to he he gets the absolute best out of them. Whereas I think if you look at um, you know in two thousand five. Um, I think that Steven Gerrard was still very much the boss of that team, no matter who the manager yeah. was during that era. You know, you, yeah. you wouldn't you, the players wouldn't go to the manager; they would probably go to Steven for all of uh, his, um, you know, his advice and what what he wanted to do or, or what what he saw out of uh, the team. 
Um, so I, I think there was a little bit of that that push pull dynamic w- within the, the the club between whether it's you know Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher on one side of things or the manager on another side. Um, but you know there were some dark times for Liverpool, man, and they they somehow crawled back. And I'm sure Man United will do as well. I mean, uh, you guys had 20 years of success. Um, yeah. So it's uh, you know, props to you. I don't think that's a, an accomplishment that will ever truly be replicated. Um, Maybe not. No. But then yeah. I don't think there'll ever be another Sir Alex Ferguson. That's the. Uh... Perhaps not. Perhaps not. Yeah. You you, you did mention. Um, AC Milan earlier. Now AC Milan's yeah. been actually on a on a very good streak themselves. How, how closely do you follow Serie A and, and and Italian soccer? So I take note of it. I I check it. I don't watch it anymore. Um, I used to vividly. I used to always check in and watch the the Milan derbies because as bad as it sounds, after AC Milan had like Kaká and stuff, as soon as they sold Kaká, mm-hmm. I was like, right, that's it. I'm an Inter Milan fan because I can't believe you just sold my favorite player. So for, <laughs> for two years, I was then an Inter Milan fan under Mourinho because I, I liked uh, Melito and I liked uh, Stankovic, I think he was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they had Ibra and, and players like that. So, and Samuletto. So mm-hmm. they had all the players that I liked. So for, for two or three seasons, I was a big Inter Milan fan then. So, um, but obviously because they're not actually my team, I think you're you're kind of allowed to do that. But I've right. I've, I've gone back as soon as they signed David Beckham, I was like, oh, AC Milan's the best once again. AC Milan, uh, mm-hmm. and then of course Ronaldinho arrived, uh, Brazilian Ronaldo. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, I went back to AC Milan, but I haven't really watched a lot since. I just follow them. Just mm-hmm. follow how the results go, uh, who's where, and you know the players and what. Especially Champions League games, I like to check in the Champions League games how they're mm-hmm. doing that as well. Well, yeah. Um, well, Ibra's um, obviously Ibra's back in AC Milan. He's he's yeah. very he's he's very very good still. Um, I was surprised. I, I really thought that once he made that move to America, he was just going to call it a day after that. But I, I think his yeah. uh, I, I think his his heart was always set to maybe. Uh, in his career in Italy, where he had always found such great success, um, and and I think that's pretty fitting, actually. Um, yeah, mm. he, it's weird. He's like a he's not human. That, that no, man. he is <laughs> no. not human. If you think when he came to United, he was thirty five or thirty six. Mm-hmm. I went and watched one of the games, and um, it was when I think it was Pogba and Ibra's first game together. Oh. that I watched and I was like, this is exciting. Like what a game I've picked here. And I I was so excited to see Pogba, but the show was run by Ibra. Mm. He was just so impressive. Like his leap to, he like plucked the ball out of the air. And I thought, how have you done that at your age? It's the athleticism and the pace. And he's, he's very arrogant, but it's mm. because he can be because he can back it up. Yeah. yeah he, he's earned the right to be for sure. Yeah. And, and it's and it's interesting seeing him in a league now because I, I I um I I've I've been watching I've probably honestly watched more Syria in probably the last month than I ever have in my life. Yeah. Um. Uh, just because of everything kind of being shut down to an extent, I've I probably watched more Premier League and more Syria than anything else. But um, with with I guess AC Milan has had a, a pretty much nearly perfect start. Uh, as for, uh, from the restart of the season, uh, yeah. which is nice. Um, but then you've ha- you have 
you know Ibrahimovic on one side and AC Milan, and and then in Juventus you have Cristiano Ronaldo, who by all means everybody's you know talking about his legendary status in the game, and is very much true. Uh, two former uh, Manchester United players there, of course. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting seeing that dynamic within Serie A now, where you you do have some of the world's best players. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it, it's going to be a good title race, I think. Um, next season, per, you know, this season is all pretty much but but written off. But but next season, I think AC Milan stands a pretty good chance in Syria. Um, Definitely, yeah. I think uh, there's a few teams who are like really surprisingly getting better and better in Syria. You know, you got Inter Milan who are building quite a quite a side. Lazio mm-hmm. as well, really under the radar. Lazio are getting better and better. And if they manage to keep hold of uh, Sergei Milinkovic Savic, then. Mm-hmm. I consider him to be probably the best midfielder in the world right now, mm-hmm. and nobody's really talking about buying him. And I'm, it shocks me because they've got one of the best strikers in the league in Immobile. Uh, if they shore up a couple of positions, plug a few holes, they could steal that title. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they came awfully close this season. You know, yeah. um, Napoli kind of fell by the wayside a little bit, which was a little bit surprising. Um, you, you did have Inter Milan, who was getting uh, very, very close at, at points. Um, I think they were even leading the league uh, at, at certain points in time. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, Juventus, uh, you know, I mean, you can never count them out. <laughs> you can never count them no, out. No, absolutely um, not. Um, the Premier League is set to restart um, later on this year. Um, is there anybody out of the, prim- not the Premier League, but rather the, the Champions League, rather, um, that uh, that that you like or that um, that that you could possibly see winning out of the group because L- Liverpool's knocked out. They're not going to be um, defending the title, unfortunately, anymore. Which that, that's shocking to me. I, I'm shocked that that e- that game even got played. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, is there anybody out of the remaining group that that you really like um, for for Champions League this year? So I'm trying to remember who was actually near because it's been so long since it actually happened, that I can't remember the clubs that are still in it now. I, if, if anyone was to win it, I'd like it to be someone who hasn't won it before. So if there is anyone who's in it that hasn't won it yet, mm-hmm. that would be better f- in more preference to me because as much as I'd love like an English team to win it because I tend to support the English team. If Man United's not in it, I will always support the English team. So for me, last year was perfect because Tottenham and Liverpool both made the final. My dad's a Tottenham fan, so I did prefer it if Tottenham won, Uh but Mm -hmm. uh, Liverpool won. So it's an English team at the end of the day, which means we keep our coefficient points. So we have uh, as many teams in there as we possibly can. Um, So that's why I always like the the English team getting the glory that way. And, And then if the English teams do win it, the, the Premier League continues to be the best league in the world um, mm. for most people's opinions. So that means we attract the better players, I guess. So that's always my opinion of, I, I don't like it when uh, people in England or the UK root against the English team for a, for a, for a foreign team, whether it be Spanish or Italian. Mm. That always bothers me in a way. But um, I, I can't quite remember all the teams in it because Man United's in the, uh, Europa League mm-hmm. I've been more focused on that because I'm in and out whether we were going to get fourth place or not so I'm like right we our draws coming up soon we know who we're going to be against and it should be quite an easy game and stuff like that so I haven't really too much notice of the actual Champions League itself oh okay well fair enough 
Fair enough, for sure. Well, I guess if, if regardless of what happens with the top four places, I mean, you, you could definitely have the, the deal sealed with uh, winning the Europa League. I mean, that definitely yeah. makes sense. Um, so uh, the schedule that we have for the, the Champions League remaining here, and for, for our, our gaming listeners, I apologize if this is all boring to you, um, <laughs> but Luke and I are having fun. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Juventus plays Lyon on August the 7th. Um, also on August the 7th, there's a big match between Manchester City and Real Madrid. Um, on August the 8th, you have Bayern versus uh, Bayern Munich, of course, uh, versus Chelsea, um, as well as Barcelona versus Napoli. Um, so those games will happen um, that week. Um, the teams that have already advanced to the quarterfinals, you have uh, Atalanta uh, facing off with uh, uh, PSG, and you have uh, RB Leipzig uh, facing off with Atletico Madrid. Uh, those games will be on the 12th and the 13th, respectfully. Um, so, yeah, good stuff there. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, you know, But, uh, yeah, it looks like the Champions League will be polished off in August, the final being on August the 23rd, tentatively. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. I think uh, that's the best thing that's come out of this this whole pan- world pandemic is the fact that football has been put into such a short space of time. Mm. The Premier League has a game on pretty much every day, but today and yesterday. And the Champions League is going to be played within the space of like two weeks. Like how amazing is that? Mm-hmm. Usually <laughs> you have to wait weeks and weeks for each leg and it's so drawn out across the season, the the final fixtures... And then we're all we're gonna get it as if it's kind of like a World Cup or a, a European Cup, uh, just across two weeks, and it's gonna be brilliant. I cannot wait for it to be fair. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be definitely a marathon of games, and I, I'm super excited for it for sure. Um, let's let's switch gears just slightly because uh, obviously here on Headlock Talk Radio we do Headlock Talk on Mondays, um, but uh, Luke. You've told me something that that I I did not know, and and, and I really want to know more about this here before we sign off. You've entered into pro wrestling school. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. Uh, Started training with my local company, Reach Wrestling, uh, pretty much just after Brain Buster Radio closed. Oh, wow. I did the training the week after, because if I remember rightly, the week that everything shut down, um, the last episode me and Will recorded... I missed the first training session because I had kidney stones. So we were talking about, right, I'll be going next week. We'll talk about it on the show after. Uh, And then obviously that never happened. So that is kind of when it all began, right after Brain Buster shut down. So, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. Obviously, we've had to stop because of COVID-19. We're back training. I think they actually start tomorrow when we're recording this. But I'll be back training on Tuesday and Mm. Wednesday. Uh, for the first time since February, because I I missed the last two for my baby being born, mm. um, so that's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be weird because I've spent longer without doing it than I have actually training for it now, which is really bizarre, and I just can't wait to get back in the ring and get back training again because it's I've put on weight, uh, <laughs> I'm not happy about it, uh, neither is my trainers because I now have to get that weight back off because I got myself into really good physical condition right before the lockdown happened and I was had a, a penciled in debut ready oh, wow. and yeah and that got cancelled so I'm disappointed in that because I would have already made my debut now if the world hadn't gone to pot mm. I'd probably have 
wrestled a couple of matches. So I had to get back in the firing line and make sure they don't forget about me going forward. No, absolutely. I mean, what uh, uh, what kind of um, like? Uh, I mean, you can talk about your gimmick if you'd like, or, or kind of how your approach is. But like, uh, what what kind of things have you you picked up on and learned in, in, in that in that span of time and kind of learning everything with the, with the pro wrestling and 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 you know bumping around in the ring? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot that you've had to absorb and 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 had to kind of pick up on things. Like, what are some aspects of it that that have surprised you? Uh, I think the most surprising thing is the the, the difference in the cardio. Um, I've always been good with cardio because of football. So when I quit football to start wrestling, I was playing 90 minutes on Saturday and Sunday. So I thought, oh, the cardio bit will be the easy part for me. It's just be learning how to wrestle. And it definitely wasn't. The cardio for wrestling is so different to anything else that I've ever experienced in my life. It's so difficult. Um, you get gassed up really quickly in the ring, and it's really surprising because you've got your adrenaline running. You're, you're also trying to think. I think when you're playing football, you don't really think too much, which mm. is a weird thing to say. It kind it, it kind of comes naturally, and um, really it's, it's sort of like split decision moments, whereas wrestling – it's as much about the mental side of things as it is the physical. So you got to be remembering where you are in the ring. You got to be remembering your opponent's spots so that when you're getting to his comeback, for instance, you know what moves he's going to be lining you up for and how to take them, where you need to be in the ring. It's all of these things that you don't really consider just watching wrestling. And it's not until you step in there, you realize this is actually very difficult you, I, I always used to think I watch it on TV and go, I can do that easy. Mm-hmm. I can do that. He's not even a very good wrestler because I know I could do that. And then I step in the ring and go, I can't do that. <laughs> that is a lot more <laughs> difficult than what I thought. Taking a clothesline is so much harder than what you expect it to be. Giving a clothesline is even more difficult. Um, mm. And I think a lot of those things uh, I've picked up and learned through different seminars. We've had like different wrestlers come down to the southwest of England where I am. Uh, we've learned from and i've picked up really good things from now the two trainers have been brilliant uh for me and the people who i trained with have been unbelievable and i've had a few really good training matches uh, and i think the most fun training session we had was it was the day after a show so we were all a little bit tired all a little bit hungover mm. and we decided <laughs> to do a full four hours worth of royal rumbles and it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic it was brilliant. And as much as I thought, oh, God, this is going to be dreadful. I've never had a match before. I've only had one training match. And now they want me to go in a ring and have a battle royale with, I think it was 22 of us at the time. And it was mm. like awkward on the fly, which I have never done before in my life. We haven't trained my class in doing calling things on the fly. I'd just been put up into the advanced class. And then all of a sudden, it's all being caught on the fly. And I was like, this is going to be awful. Mm. Uh, and I was so hungover as well. I think a couple of times I had to roll out the ring because I thought I was going to be thrown up. And, you know, like, in, it's really funny. You know, in like a Royal Rumble when they, they've got like their foot on the throat and like just kind of wasting time, like getting their breath back. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. Were, people were doing that. And I was like, get your foot off my throat. I'm going to be sick. Um, so that was probably the most fun uh session that we've had like four hours worth of battle royales but it's so much more fun than what i anticipated but it is so much harder than what i anticipated that's probably the most uh surprising thing Hmm. what what aspect of it have you have you um uh 
like like picked up on or found like oh man maybe I, I have like a maybe I'm really really good in this area like like is there something that you've just picked up on that you're just like man this is this is my jam right here I know I'm going to be all about like uh, technical wrestling or or high flying is there some is there some aspect of that that you've really kind of like I don't know uh, hung on to more more than any of the other aspects of the training I think probably what I'm most strong in. Uh, which doesn't surprise me with thinking back on it, is the creativity of planning a match. Oh, okay. Um, because I like to, th- I like to think in the the, the training matches that I, we have done, I've always come up with really good spots in mm. the match and uh, like creative stuff. And the people I've worked with, I've suggested stuff to take and stuff to give, um, and it's been really creative and a lot of fun. And like that's been picked up by the trainers and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of. My biggest strength in doing that is coming up with different move sets that uh, complement each other and different spots, which you know get a bit of a pop from the people watching and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. it's probably the most bit that I've enjoyed doing as well because I think when I used to do the wrestling podcast, I used to do the fantasy booking. Mm-hmm. That was always something that I enjoyed doing was coming up with like cool spots and creative bits like that. And when I watch wrestling, when I watch wrestling, I like seeing those cool spots as well and. Um, so I think that's kind of helped me blend into being at least quite good at that. Anyway, I could definitely see that in you. I could definitely see you you being um, you know meticulously putting together you know different spots and different different kind of things into a match. I I, I could definitely see that being your thing, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so much. In, it's so enjoyable as well coming up with different spots like that, and and it paying off <laughs> when it pays oh, yeah. off. That's the best thing. Yeah. Oh man, I can only imagine. Like, because you because you've put together now this this something this really special thing inside of the match, and that's what people are going to remember it for, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ha- have you given any thought to your finisher yet? So I do have a finisher. Yeah, mm. um, I don't know what I'm going to call it, and there's not really a, a move uh, a name of the move because I've kind of ripped it off someone I seen on the internet who created it. And I've never seen anyone else do it before. Mm. Um, but I do have a video of me doing it. And every person I've shown go, that is a bloody cool finisher. <laughs> uh, so I quite like it. Um, because of the gimmick that I think I will end up going down the road. And I'm, I'll, I'll happily tell you, I'm, I mm-hmm. think that my trainers are quite excited by the fact that I have a reasonably successful YouTube channel. Mm with the same name as Omega Luke and the fact that when I had a wrestling podcast, a lot of the people who go to watch the shows used to listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of known as the podcast slash YouTube guy now. So I think they quite happily want me to be kind of like a Simon Miller type of person, <laughs> be yes. like the YouTuber wrestler. Um, that's kind of what I would want to introduce as a, as a gimmick. And I think you can play that as a heel or a face i could be like the face like everyone knows me and be very like jovial and you know i've got a youtube channel thank you everyone yeah, for watching a man of the people yeah a man <laughs> of the people exactly or i can be the heel and be like i have a youtube channel with five thousand, and maybe like a bit of a dick about it um <laughs> so i think that it, it works both ways and i can i can do that um quite nicely so i think from that uh my finishing move can be something called like the subscribe or like like share subscribe something something along those lines can give it a cool name something like that that'd be quite funny that that would be quite cool man <laughs> yeah. I, I really dig that yeah oh, come man. out with like uh one of my because i'm on the videos i always i always wear a snapback 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so come out wearing one of the snapbacks as if, you know, I've just come off set. And I was thinking, like, okay, come out where, with, like, my GoPro as if I'm streaming it and just be like, <laughs> I'm live on Twitch right now. Just so maybe you should do that maybe maybe they could do like a like a like a fisheye lens cam kind of thing where you've got the 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 gopro on your snapback you put it on the the turnbuckle or or on the the post and then maybe just switch watch the match live on twitch that'd be quite (laughs) cool in it exactly no one else has done it before it could be uh it could be rejuvenating at something yeah that's that's quite good yeah well, that's awesome, man. Well, um, is there anything else in wrestling that, that has caught your eye recently before we go? So, to be honest, I haven't watched much wrestling up mm. until today. And I just started catching up with NXT, and I started catching up with AEW. Um, and I really like it again, which is weird to say, isn't it? But mm-hmm. after WrestleMania, I went completely off watching wrestling because there was no fans. Mm. And the show was good, but it wasn't amazing. Uh, New Japan rocked back up again and I didn't really pay much attention to it I just caught bits of it online but never actually watched the show mm-hmm. uh, and then my friends started watching it and telling me I need to be watching it so I watched the Great American Bash the second night with Adam Cole and, and uh, Keith Lee and mm-hmm. Keith Lee is just he's just something else isn't he that guy yeah. is we were talking about Eber earlier and how much, how he's just not human. Neither is Keith Lee, because no one who weighs that much, <laughs> who has that body, should be able to do the things that he does. Right, right. I mean, the the the, the feats of strength. I mean, obviously, are, are yeah. I, I can certainly see it. But the 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 kinds of things that he can do with, especially with like the second rope moonsault, and then him taking yeah. the the Panama sunrise oh, is just kind of yeah. like what? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> unbelievable. Like, yeah, he's absolutely incredible, man. He's absolutely incredible. Well, and I watched the uh, the match after with Dijakovic, what they had the week after, and mm-hmm. I don't think they are physically possible. They could put together a bad match with those two. It's, it just doesn't happen. Oh man! Well, you, you uh, did you ever get a chance to see their match from Takeover Portland? I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, so good. Such a unbelievable. Good match. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure getting a chance to speak with you again. Uh, and um, you never actually got to, to come on to Headlock Talk back when we were on Brain Buster Radio, but I'm glad that we got you to come on to Headlock Talk here today, man, and, and, and talk about uh, not only some a little bit of wrestling here, but also a football manager, of course. And um, where can the people find more of your content, sir? Well, yeah, thank you very much, anyway, for having me on. I hope uh, I encourage yourself or a few other people to, to pick up Football Manager um, but you can find me on Twitter at Omega Luke, uh, or you can type in Omega Luke on YouTube, and you should be able to find Omega Luke Gaming from there. Um, and that is pretty much everywhere I basically play now, or on Twitch if you like streaming. Omega Luke Gaming there on streaming as well. I tend to stream about twice a week uh, for some football manager business. But if you like other stuff, or you like sort of Wreckfest, the game, or car racing games, mm. uh, I do have Wreckfest videos coming out pretty much every Sunday now on the Omega Loop Gaming channel as well. They are just so much fun to play and to watch. It's just a hilarious game to play. Well, you've definitely sold me on Football Manager, that's for sure. So so I'm, I'm going to look up some more, <laughs> some more videos on your channel here so I can try and get... Almost as good as everybody else. I'll, I'll try and I'll I'll do my yeah. best. Um, but man, I appreciate you coming on here. It's been a blast, and uh, um, you know, definitely come back again sometime soon. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you very much once again for having me on.
All right. Well, well, thank you too, man. I appreciate you for coming on the show uh, today, and uh, thank you everybody out there for listening. Again, this is Tanner uh, from uh, uh, Headlock Talk Radio, Rogue and Ranger Gamecast here again with Omega Luke. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or anywhere else for that matter. Uh, also, don't forget to leave that five star rating review wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, uh, use promo code HLT10 at checkout at naturallyhemps.com for all of your CBD needs. Uh, otherwise, you guys take care, have yourselves a great rest of the day, and uh, thank you again for tuning in. Bye bye. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumpke is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumpke will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumpke. Apply now at RumpkeCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com win for your chance to win from Morris Home.